morning. So uh, my goal was to wear this out here, but I have this ear, so I can't. Uh, but does anybody know who this is? Who's it? Nacho, Nacho Libre. So uh, he's a wrestler, right? Or he, he plays a wrestler in a movie. But so SummerSlam, I grew up watching wrestling. Like Frank did too. I love it. I know it's real. You don't have to tell me it's fake. It's real. So, but usually, you know, in wrestling, you have these guys and like they're, it's this person versus like this person, right? So, so as we talk about the characters of the Bible, it's going to be like, like today I'll talk about Noah versus culture, okay? Uh, so Noah versus culture. And Noah, you know, in his time, like culture was uh, bad, and I think we tend to think sometimes that in the time that we're living in, that it's the worst that it's ever been, right? But it's been really bad before. Uh, and it gets better, and then it gets worse, and then it gets better. It just goes back and forth. Uh, when I was teaching my class uh, on cults, like we talked about the New Age movement, okay? The New Age movement, and it was around 1960s, 70s, uh, that, like, there were a lot of there was a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs. There was a lot of uh, sex, and people would say like God was dead because there was like this rise and uh, like there was a moral decline. And people noticed that even if they weren't Christian, like they noticed that there was a moral decline. And people got together and they started this thing called the New Age movement. And they said, "Hey, we're not going to say that like God, Jesus, that is the God, but we're going to say that there's a God." Uh, but we're just not going to say it's that. So they are looking for uh, morals, like a reason to live a moral life, right? And then, like today, if you look at it, like it's not that great today. Uh, there are actually like atheist churches now where uh, people don't believe in God, but they get together because they want community and they want to uh, some reason to live like a moral life and accountability, but they're still not going to say, you know, that there is a God or or there is Jesus, but but it goes up and down uh, all the time. And we definitely see when Noah was alive that it was a bad time. So there are people out there that would say, and I know people that say this, and maybe you do too, they say, well, you know, this world is not going to be around much longer. Or they'll say, something bad's going to happen, like time is getting short. And my response to that is always like, hey, shut up, you know, because usually it's an older person. Like, and I, I always think, like, you've raised your kids. You've lived your life. I want to live mine, too. Like, you know, nothing's going to happen. Uh, but there's a chance always. So as we go through, no, we're going to talk about uh, him versus culture. So it's not him versus God or him versus people or him versus the boat. The boat, it's him versus culture. So. Here are the facts taken from the story of Noah, okay? So if you have your Bibles, you want to mark this down. We're not going to go through the whole account, but at least you can know where these things are. So, so this is in Genesis 6 and 7. So God saw the world was becoming increasingly wicked. That's Genesis 6, 5 to 6, all right? Uh, God decided that he was going to destroy mankind and all the earth with it. That is Genesis 6, 7. God saw Noah was a righteous man, and he had mercy on him, Genesis 6-9. God told Noah his plan for destroying man, Genesis 6-13. God gave Noah a way to safety, Genesis 
Noah did what God commanded, Genesis 6.22. God was true to his promise and destroyed all of mankind, but spared Noah and his family. That's Genesis 7.23. So so the first thing I want you to notice about Noah is Noah lived in dark times, but he stood out in that darkness. So Genesis 6, 5 to 8 is what we're going to read right now, okay? So the Lord saw how great the wickedness of human race had become on earth, that every inclination of the thoughts of human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I've created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I've made them. Then it says this, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So the culture was dark. We can see Jesus uses this as an illustration in Matthew 24, 37, and 39. It says this, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came took them away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So we see like in this bad culture, it says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord, right? So you wonder like, why did God pick Noah? We're going to talk about that. Why did he stand out? Well, in this bad culture, he stood out. And I think sometimes uh, we can let culture like decide to us what is sin and what is not sin, what is right and what is wrong, and it just kind of creeps in, right? Let me ask you a question. So about how you dress today, you know, how many of you, like, used to dress like this? Like, there's different styles and different years. Did anybody, like, wear any of this stuff? Yeah? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's actually me, number four, down there in the corner, you know, and then you can tell by these wrestlers up there that that's like from the 80s, right? I mean, definitely by the bright colors and, and things like that. You know, that's Webby down there in that hat, you know, so that's Frank up there in the snowsuit. And uh, I think that's Deucer's band with the with the hair. So I'm just joking about that. But, but anyway, so like sometimes like fashion comes in, in in a weird way, right? Do you ever see something and you're like, I would never wear that. And then you find yourself wearing that as it becomes normal. Okay, let's go to the next thing. So how many of you ladies used to do this to your hair? I mean, you would try to make your bangs as big as you possibly can. So that kind of looks like a young parish, doesn't it, right there? So, like, people would would do that. Like, so it's not something that that we would do today. Uh, Go to the next one. So in 1990s, like, this was kind of the style. These are two worship ministers in the 90s. Like, clothes are kind of baggy. They look, you know, kind of, that's, Rich Mullins, you know, on that side. And today, like, it's we got kind of like this kind of thing going on here. So, like, and and I was a worship minister when I was in Illinois. I know, like, it's, we all have our own style. But here's the thing, like, just an example of how, like, style, like, creeps in on us. I remember when I was a youth pastor at Paoli, and uh, I was at the school, and there was these boys, and they're, their jeans were so tight, like, and the girl said, those are actually, like, girls' jeans. They're wearing them because they're skinny. And I thought, man, that's weird. Like, I will never, ever do that. So they start making jeans for guys that are skinny jeans, right? 
Now they're not in style so much anymore. You see baggy jeans, but today, like, so I went out to buy a pair of jeans a few years ago, and I have these jeans on, and they're like, they go like this, watch. Do any of yours do that? There's like stretchy stuff in it. And these are tight compared to what I usually would wear, but they have got me indoctrinated that like, this is normal pants. It makes me look like an upside down pair, kind of, you know, like, so, like, those are what we would call like skinny jeans. Anybody in here wear them? So, I think it's just me and Tom Tucker. No, not Tom. Tom doesn't. He's too manly for that. But, but style kind of comes in, and we kind of start taking to Think of Tom's shoes. You know, when I first saw Tom's shoes, I thought, those are ugly. I went and bought me a pair, and my wife said, I'm not going anywhere with you if you're going to wear those women's shoes. And, I, and now she has some, and you see people wearing them everywhere. Well, listen, culture is like that, too. So I'm not just talking about style for nothing, but, but culture, like, becomes, like, we decide what's right and wrong sometimes by what is normal to us, right? So... If we see something talked about a lot, or, or if we see it on TV a lot, we get desensitized to it, and it becomes normal. It doesn't become sin. It doesn't become something wrong. It just becomes something that's normal and okay. Sometimes big corporations and poli- politicians can push a narrative, and we go along with that depending on what side we're on. Dr. Gabbard, one of our professors, told me that, and I remember this. He said, I, uh, he said, when it comes to culture, he said, I take everything and I strain it through the word of God. And he said, whatever's left over is what, you know, I will go with. And that's what Noah did. Like, Noah didn't just go along with everything. Just because culture did it, and it was happening all around him, doesn't mean, like, that he participated. He stuck to the word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This works in life. Like everything we do, like should be strained through the word of God in our everyday life. And that's what Noah did. So Noah stuck out in the darkness because he wasn't a part of what they did. He was, he was a holy guy that listened to Jesus. So, and then it says Noah was blameless. Genesis 6, 9. It says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of the time, of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. The word blameless doesn't mean so much that he was perfect. It means that he was wholehearted. You know, he did sin. I mean, Jesus was the only one that, that lived and didn't sin. Uh, if a righteous man is manward, blameless is Godward. Noah was sincere in his devotion to God, and he truly wanted to please his maker whether anyone else did or not. He cared about what God thought first. Uh, so, I mean, and you can tell that he cared about what God thought first. So they asked him to build this boat, okay? Like, so, you know, I brought this, like, little two-by-four here, and, like, and I've been working on my house, and i got to say, I don't really enjoy it. Like, I mean, they build stuff out of this. We build stuff out of this. I can go buy this, right? Noah could not buy this. Like, Noah wasn't going to buy two-by-fours, like, Noah was making the wood that he was using, right? I mean, think about how hard that was. It had never rained. I mean, people thought that he was crazy. But God called him to do it, and he, he didn't care. Like, he was going to do what God called him to do. And could it be, like, that sometimes God calls us to do big things, to have big dreams, and, like, there's going to be haters out there that are going to say that we're crazy when we decide to do those things. Chesney uh, 
for her birthday, like she likes, I don't know why, but she likes Alf, okay? Do you remember the alien Alf? She loves Alf. She even said she's gonna have Alf painted on her car, you know, which is cute. But anyway, so she was, they were making a cake for her birthday. She wanted an Alf birthday and her mom was making the cake and then there was these like Rice Krispie things and I was like, Chesney, what are you doing? And she said, I'm going to make an Alf head and I'm gonna put it on the cake. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh yeah, right. Like this is gonna look crazy. Like, so she goes on, she makes it and it looks perfect. It looks just like Alf. She made it out of icing and Rice Krispie. So at that time, like I started to feel convicted that like if my kids say that they want to do something or they're encouraged to do something, like maybe I should encourage them. You know, like if they come up and say that they want to do something for the Lord too, like I don't want to be the one that say, no, no, I don't think so. That doesn't sound right. Uh, there's a girl named Jordan Foxworthy. Uh, her, she went to Africa. Jordan Foxworthy was 14 years old. She went to Africa. And when you go to Africa, and I've been, they have to have uh, mosquito nets. Because like where we stayed at was the West Nile district. That means like you could get West Nile. It started there. You could get malaria. You could get different things. And you have to have these mosquito nets so the mosquitoes can't get you. So not everybody can afford a mosquito net. And the mosquitoes will definitely get them. Like where we stayed at, between the floor and the door was like this much space, okay? So I woke up and there was a lizard on the ceiling. So, I mean, if like things like that are getting in there, you know like mosquitoes are getting in there and people die because of this. And it, it bothered her. So she went and she uh, teamed up with Compassion International to develop the Bite Back campaign to raise money and awareness for a disease. Again, she's only 14 years old. She's now 17 and she's raised $500,000 for the cause. She used Facebook and other social media networks to challenge teens to donate $10 to purchase mosquito nets. Uh, she encourages her peers to help out with that, $500,000. So this is also, so Jordan Foxworthy is Jeff Foxworthy's daughter, okay? So like when she come home from this missions trip, like and she wants to do this, like she doesn't have to do anything, you know, but, but she wants to do this and she was talking about, I heard her talk about this live and she got a lot of discouraging comments, you know, like, that's silly. Like, why would you want to do that? You know, you're only 14. You're not going to be able to do these things. But what she said that I loved was that her dad supported her in that, that her dad, like, said, you can do this, you know. And God looks at us like that when we have big dreams and we want to do something. If he calls it, if he calls us to it, like, he's going to bring us through it. Like, if he calls us to something, we can count that God, like, is going to be there with us like he was Noah, you know, like our church, like what, what big dreams do we have? The ladies here that have been taking classes to help others that have been through crisis, that's, that's awesome, right? Like, and we should support them. Maybe somebody like in the community, when they look at our church, they can see it as a beacon of hope to people that have, to ladies that have been through things and they'd want to come here. God calls us to do great big things. And remember, when you're called to do great big things, it's not like Satan just goes, yeah, yeah, it's cool. No, no, he doesn't want you to do that. He's going to come after you. People are going to come after you. But be with God. Like, do those things. Like, he's going to be there for you. So, third, we see that Noah walked with God. Okay, so, like his ancestor Enoch walked with God, he had a deep and personal relationship with God that controlled the direction of his life. He was obedient to God's commands. and He never questioned, you know, the, the cost. And it was that kind of faith that saved Noah. So Hebrews eleven seven it says, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, 
in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness that is keeping with faith. So Noah walked with God. Noah had an honest relationship with God. Like, God picked Noah because he knew this. God picked Noah because he knew that he wouldn't just go with culture. But he also picked because of this. Uh, You know, and are we always honest with our relationship with God? We know that God knows everything about us, right? But I think sometimes when we're going through stuff, we don't want to lift it up to him because maybe we don't bring it up. You know, he won't bring it up kind of thing. You know, so my wife sometimes when I get home, she'll say, did you eat out today? And I'm not supposed to eat out. Uh, I'm supposed to eat healthy. Like, so, and my answer to her is, uh, you know, she'll say, okay, she'll say, did you eat healthy today? Meaning, did you eat out today? And I'll say, yes. Okay. So, and I, I fool myself into thinking I did. I think, say like, white castles are like little bitty. Like, they're not going, they ain't going to hurt you, you know, or, or like Arby's roast beef. It's roast beef. Like, it's healthy, right? You know? Like, but here's the thing. I know that she knows that I didn't because she sees our checkbook. She knows when I eat out and when I don't. And she knows when I look bigger than I usually do, you know. I mean, she knows these things. Uh, but, you know, I, to be open and honest, I just need to say, like, she can't help me if I'm not honest with her. Like, I want her to encourage me to eat healthy, but then I, I tell her a fib. Okay, I lied to her. I said, like, yes, I did. But she, like, comes after me, and she's like, you need to eat good. You don't need to eat like a pig, and, you know, sometimes I do. But but there needs to be an honesty there. With God in our lives, like, there needs to be honesty there. When we're struggling with something, we need to share that with God, right? We need to share it with others sometimes. And Noah did that. He was honest with God. Do you think Noah, like, when he was building the ark, like, he got up every morning, and he was like, praise God, I'm building this ark. Or do you think he ever said to God, like, hey, God, this is, this is tough. Like, this is hard. Do you ever think he said, like, people think I'm crazy and it hurts me? You know, he still always went with God, but you know that he had emotion. Paisley, my daughter, was helping me work on our house, okay? So one night it was really late, and I was screwing this. Uh, I was putting up a, a two-by-four, and I just kind of wedged it in there, and I left it because I was leaving. And she was there helping me one day, and then I heard this loud thud. And the two-by-four fell down and hit her right in the face. And uh, I could tell, you know, she was shook. And uh, I said, Paisley, you okay? And she brushed herself off. She said, yeah, Daddy, I'm all, I'm all right. And I said, okay. So we take, we go get food, and we bring it back. And that same day, like, Paisley opens up her Long John Silvers. Is her pick, not mine. Like, but... She opens Long John Silver's, all right? And then she trips and spills it all over the floor. And I can see in her face, you know, that she's devastated. And I'm like, Paisley, are you okay? She goes, yeah, Daddy, I'm all right. And uh, as I got closer to her, like, she just breaks down, you know, and she starts crying. So I hug her, and I say, hey, we'll get you more food. It's okay. No, apologize about the board hitting her in the face. But, you know, I want her to come to me. Like, if she's not okay, don't try to hide it. Like, just, just let me know. I love you. You know, and, and God is like that. I think when we go through things, like, we just, we definitely don't want to share it with others, even though we should, right? But then sometimes we don't want to even share it with God. Like, and we almost act like, yeah, God, we're, 
we're okay. We're, we're good. I'm not struggling with this sin or I'm not mad at this person or this person hasn't hurt me. Like we act like God just, you know, he knows. He knows what you're going through. And you want to have like Noah did this deep relationship, this deep walk with him where you can talk to him about things. And I think as Christians, sometimes we think that we have to be happy all the time. Like if I, if I came up to you and I said this, hey, you know, I saw your puppy and I ran over him. Like your response would be, well, praise God that, you know, I got to live with him just a little bit, you know. Then what if I said, I ran over your puppy and I did it on purpose. I don't like puppies. Like you would say to me, well, bless your heart. You know, I, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, you told me or whatever. Like, that's not how we would react, right? And I think sometimes in our head, we think we should react like that. We have these things called emotions. Like, it's okay to cry, and it's okay to be angry sometimes. Like, it's okay. Like, we are not always happy. And we have to be honest with God about those emotions and what we're going through, not try to hide them, you know, because God gave those to us, right? We have the ability to cry for a reason. We have the ability to get angry for a reason. I mean, there are reasons why those things happen. So he was honest with God. He had this deep relationship with him. And it's possible, like, that we have a deep relationship with God. It's possible that we have a deep relationship with church and not have a deep relationship with God. You know, that is backwards. We need to have a deep relation with God, deep relation, you know, with the people around us. So in closing, uh, it was about three weeks ago, and I went to a, a daddy-daughter dance. Now, I didn't give a lot of thought to this. Courtney told me I was going one day, and I decided, and so I did, you know, and uh, we showed up at the Rogers house, and it was a big deal. <laughs> like, they were taking pictures and all this stuff, and I wasn't dressed that fancy, you know. I mean, I didn't have my skinny jeans on. Like, I, I showed up, and, like, the girls were there, and, and you could tell, like, to them it was a big deal. Like, they were, especially Bentley, like, one of my youngest ones. I mean, she was, she had her hair all done up, and she was wearing, like, a, a pink dress. And you, you could see in her eyes that she was proud to, to go and that she had spent that much time to look nice. And uh, so... We go, and we're dancing slow, and I, I picked her up, and one of the other guys, like, they come up to her and said, she said, they said, you want to you wanna dance with me? And she goes, nope, I want to dance with my dad. So that... I get a tender heart, you know, and that gets me. And, you know, I wonder what God sees, like when we, when we're dedicated to him, you know, so much, like he loves us, he loves you. But when we look at culture in the face and we say, and it says, hey, like it tries to woo us, come here, like come be a part of this. And we say, you know what, like I'm going to stick with my dad. I'm going to dance with him because I know that he's my safe place and that he cares.
about what I'm going through. And today, like, I don't know what you're going through. You might be dying inside, but you have a smile on your face. Like, God wants you to reach out to him. He wants you to reach out to others. He doesn't want you to walk alone. My hope today is that if you need that, like you grab somebody, you can grab a friend or you can grab whoever and you can go pray. There are people in the back that will pray with you and, uh, and actually they want to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus today, like you can come up here. I'll be up front. Frank will be up front. If you don't know Jesus today and you, and you want to know him or if you want to become a member of the church or you want to be baptized, like that could happen for you today. But don't leave here without giving whatever you have. Like, give it to God. Like, he, he knows already what you're going through. And, you know, just like I hug Paisley, like, he wants to wrap his arms around you and cry with you and be there for you, as well as these people that are here at the church. So if you stand with me, like, I'm going to pray. Then after we pray, if you want to go pray with somebody, like, if you're going through something, you can do that or you can sing and you can worship. So go ahead and stand. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for this day that you've given us. And uh, we thank you that in a world that can be rough sometimes, that we know that your word is true and that you genuinely love us, that you care for us and have our best needs in mind. And I pray that we just stick with you Father, when we're going through things, when life hurts or it's hard, that we run to you. And uh, we just do it because we know that your word says that you care. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.